0: Hello and welcome to Allies of Convenience. It's part two of our major tournament roundup as we kick off the competitive season here in 2018. We had Caledonian Uprising 2018 in our last episode and now we have flown across the waters to Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Open was held uh, this past weekend and we speak to the winner and friend of the podcast, Nick Nanavati, a.k.a. Nick Brown. Uh, Mr. Matt Robertson does the honours and I just want to take a moment to wish Matt a very happy birthday because today is Sunday, it's his real birthday out there. So if you want to give him a, uh, a nice birthday wish, you can find him on our Facebook, uh, Allies of Convenience or forward slash AOC podcast. Thank you very much for all your hard work, Robbo, uh, and we're looking forward to a big 2018. Uh, but Without any further ado, let's get into this. The final part of our big competitive roundup up this weekend. It's the LVO with Matt Robertson and Nick Nanavati.
1: Hi guys, Matt here. This week we're going to be doing our LVO recap and I'm joined by this year's champion, Nick Brown.
2: Hey guys, how you doing? So,
1: first up, congratulations, Nick. Thank you, Matt. First time you've won
2: LVO, isn't it? The first time for LVO, I made a I made top eight one year, but couldn't seal the deal.
1: Let's start from the beginning then. Start the story to the road to LVO. The road to
2: LVO. Okay, I've, so
1: a lot of people will have seen there was a few of you with a similar list. So right, yeah. Let's, let's go with the story behind that first.
2: So around I don't know, like October, November, I realized I wanted to try to win LVO. I was in the striking distance for the ITC champion. That's $4,000 if you win in cash. I was like, that's a a good idea to try to win that. Um, I was looking at my normal Chaos stuff, and I was like, there's just no way this is going to do it. It, It's just not going to win nine games in a row. It's just not. So my other options were, at the time, Guard or Eldar, competitively. And I was like, well, I'm not playing Guard, because screw Guard. So I just sold my soul and bought some Eldar. Um, so I'd spent a bunch of time refining lists, talking to like guys like Sean, Naden, Brad Chester, those guys, and kinda like collaborating on list ideas with them, along with playing my own games. Um, and then two weeks prior to LVO, uh, Team America, about half the team got together for like a team practice thing, and we all kinda ground out a bunch of Eldar games and stuff, trying to refine our own armies for LVO, more so the practice for Team America stuff. And we kind of settled on that version of the list that I had brought um, within, you know, some player choices here or there. Um, so Chester and Tony Grapondo all last-minute switched to the list that we had worked on that I came up with, however you want to phrase it. Um, and each of them put their own little player, in them. like, Brad and I were one model different. He had a 9 3 I had a 9-spear. Instead of the inverse with eight, Capondo um, did something weird and got points for a warlock conclave somehow. Um, they were all the same army, just you know, little small variations here and there. Um, but yeah, that's how we all ended up playing the exact same thing, and it was a pretty good list considering all three of us made it. And John, but he did something because he shot.
1: <laughs> so you had three or four of you guys sat in someone's basement somewhere. Smashing games out, just
2: refining, honing, getting your tactics down. Yep. Basically. A lot of, a lot of women everywhere in this space now. It's just uh, four dudes in a basement locked away for forty-eight dollars playing Elmar.
1: That sounds like some kind of weird dream for some people and a nightmare <laughs> for others. <laughs> yeah. So, so was that all new models and everything were you saying so you bought this specifically with Elven oh
2: yeah I, I bought way too much other like not I bought what I ran but I also ended up buying like 30 swooping hawks I have like 9 more shining spears that I didn't run I have like 10 more rangers I have all these phoenix lords because I talked to Sean too much I have Incarn <laughs> Just I have so much Elven now and I gotta sell it real quick okay. before they hit the nerf bat
1: so you've definitely sold your soul there. <laughs> yeah oh yeah so, get into Vegas, I'm assuming you guys got in a few days early and got the partying out of the way?
2: Oh, yeah. So, um, I had won a bet with Sean, who's the team captain of Team America, last year at ETC. The bet was whether it was which one of us would score more points. So, I'd won, and my my punishment for Sean for winning is that he has to go out with me in Vegas two days before he's won, so he's a, day, a full day to just sit there and be hung over in the cover. Um... And he has to go a drink for drink with me. So he got destroyed. Oh my god. So he's yeah. like we were also making bets like the group I was out with on who would win this bet. A lot of people have bet against me. It wasn't even close. It was a total blowout. It was like maybe one o'clock, we were out to like four or five, and Sean was already ludicrously drunk and I was like half sober still. It wasn't it was a total blowout. We ended up losing him in the strip club at four AM. That's the end of Sean.
1: So, so that's two days before.
2: <laughs> just yeah, that was two days before the tournament. <laughs> um, Wednesday we actually, t- uh, so Thursday, the day before the tournament, we actually took it fairly easy, uh, drank a little bit here and there, gambled a little bit, walked around, explored the convention, saw a little bit of Vegas, uh, and just, you know, generally chilled, took a nap, so woke up at like two o'clock in the afternoon. It was good. And then, then the Warhammer started. So we would like, play games all day and then me and my friends would like go straight to the club right after like run upstairs to the room shower change real quick and then pound like four shots and just head out and that was kind of the flow for a couple days and then i had to take it seriously on the last day
1: so you say like the first couple of days were the games not too difficult then or any tricky matchups
2: my my first three games were pretty easy compared to the rest of my weekend although i will say in round two I got seized on by Magnus, two Fire Raptors, 40 Infiltrating cultists, and 30 Deep Striking letter Bomb. And that all hit me on turn one. Um, but I was not only able to recover from that, but I actually killed so much and got so much Border Control on turn one that he ended up conceding on the bottom of my turn one. That was pretty cool.
1: So after the perfect start for him, it just went perfectly. Yeah, and that,
2: that's exactly what I was talking about with Chaos. You know, it's like, and when the stars aligned for them, they still couldn't beat the L like, they're just that far behind, in my opinion, right now. Um, so, I mean, the guy made a couple mistakes here and there, but it was mostly, it was not a poorly played game by any means. It was just, there's such an army disparity there. Uh, that was pretty much the only noteworthy thing of day one. Um, day two, I played my roommate, Brad Nichols, who actually did really well with Tao. I was first, he was second, um... And he had a really good army, I will say. For Tao, is like being index. I was really impressed. But luckily, I got a very favorable board. Um, at LVL, they have these like ruins on a lot of tables, which were fully enclosed, like roof and walls, but infantry could still go in. So it was strange because like my guys could go in, but brad's non-infantry suits and drones couldn't go in and couldn't see me so they literally could not interact with the other part of my army
1: so you just hide um, in a building and yeah
2: just... so like I, I had my big reaper squad just walking in and out of this ruin fire and fading just blowing him up and he literally could not hurt them so that was kind of disappointing because i felt like i was robbing my own friend about there um just because the terrain made it such a mismatch he also rolled, rolled really poorly on turn two like Something like 75% failed in and Feel more Pains, so I just did way more damage than I should and kind of broke his back there. Um, after that, I played Tyler DeVries, who was a Team America player last year, um, and he had a really cool Seraphim spam, Blood Angelist. list, um, some guard allies in there. Uh, that game could have gone pretty poorly had he had gotten a good start on me and a favorable board. Like, if we'd played on that table with all the Ruins on that game, then Tyler might have been able to just hide and not get shot and run through my army. Uh, luckily, we played on a more reasonable table, and then also I had first turn, so I just shot him a lot turn one. Um, so I was able to pull that one out fairly comfortably, but that could have gotten really ugly really fast. Uh The last round, I played against another Chaos player, um, and again, he, he went first. I got cultist bombed in the face, and I just came back from It didn't matter.
1: So, that's your first couple of days,
2: basically, the road to the top yeah, eight. Yeah, that, that was the first six games before yeah. the top eight.
1: So, just before we go through to the top eight, uh, I just want to know, how did you find the event this year? Because, like, the organization-wise yeah. and everything like that, I've heard a few, like, mixed little bits. Like, some bits are right. great, some bits kind of just... So, I mean, it work.
2: was a really fun event. It was, it's, I mean, it's going to always be a fun event because it's so many people, so many people you never see. It's, it's still a giant 40k tournament, and it's in Vegas. Like, it's hard, but like, there's so much already off the bat going right, you can't really mess it up too bad, as far as fun levels go. Uh, it was pretty disorganized, I'm sad to say, like, there was a, there was a BCP, Best Coast Pairings crash with the app during round one, so no one could load their list up on the tables, and round one ended up starting half an hour late. And you know what, that's forgettable, things happen, whatever. But then after round two, I don't know what the real story is here, but I believe, from my understanding, a judge accidentally deleted all the scores. Ooh. So 500 people had to go find their opponents to re-enter the scores, because you can't even re-enter them yourself. You have to find your opponent and sign them together, the way that works. And that's good to prevent just cheating, but, like, after the round had ended and everyone's just off doing their own thing and eating lunch, it's really hard to find your opponent. So that delayed the whole round for, like, another 45 minutes.
1: You can understand yeah. round one with... 500 Yeah, people, exactly. Half you know, an hour. Happen. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Well, for everything to crash. Then
2: round two, sunk. another forty-five minutes because I just deleted everything. Is, you know, I'll, I'm definitely coming back. Don't get me wrong, but it's pretty messed up. Um, after that, things smoothed out a little. The event ran fairly smoothly. No real big hiccups. Uh, the one issue I had besides all that is um, the lack of organization about rulings, and this was true before the tournament and through the tournament. There's no. There were a lot of rulings that needed to be clarified before going in, and they just were not clarified. So there were people playing things differently on every table. Like one great example of this is the, is the Eldar Phantasm redeploy thing. And I remember I, I had specifically asked Reese how this will be handled in an Eldar mirror, who Phantasm first, who declares it first, how does this work, how does this work in relation to Rangers and whatever. Uh, he never replied to me, because, you know, understandably so. I asked him kind of late, and he had to leading him to the event, and he's got to be super busy leading him to the event and everything, so I don't hold that against him at all. But the, when I got to my top eight game, which I'll get into in a minute, you know, I tried to Phantasm redeploy the way I had been playing it all weekend, and the guy was like, it doesn't work like that. I have a Facebook message from Reese. And it's like, you know, how is a Facebook message from Reese, even what I was trying to get from myself, but how is that an official judge ruling or it's like reese said blah on his podcast two weeks ago how is that in official capacity like i didn't see his podcast so i didn't read his this guy's random facebook message you know this is not public information
1: so yeah. that was
2: really disappointing
1: it's like i kind of found similar a couple of years ago when i went with with that it mm-hmm. kind of yeah they've got the itc faq but you're going to need flushing out potentially with questions that are going to build up just before that event
2: you can just yeah one Here's you an know, they've actually they've removed the ITC FAQ for 8th edition because um, the game is supposedly more sued now and there's less rule hiccups and all that, which they probably are compared to seven. but there's still enough that, you know, it warrants an FAQ.
1: Yeah, you want just the little bits and pieces for peace of mind, especially if you've got yeah. that 500 people there coming from yeah, all of sure. like
2: In my specific example, like Phantasmal's ruled in a way that makes no sense at all supported by Raw. It's just made-up rules, essentially, which, you know, whatever. It's his event, but like... There's no way people just off the street on round on table 37 are playing it that way if I'm not playing it properly in the top eight, you know.
1: Yeah. Now, it's it's understandable with such a large event, you're going to struggle with judges, rulings, and things like that. But as long as you've got something clear from the start, and yeah. everyone thinks just that way. More
2: transparency, transparency would have been nice. More organized transparency, I should say.
1: Yeah, because I will say as well, if anyone's listening thinking, oh, I'm not sure... It's a great event. It's such absolutely. I'm not trying
2: to, uh, yeah. I'm I'm being a little critical of it, but that's I'm finding the things to be critical of. Like it's still a great event. I could talk about hours about all the things they did right. I'm just focusing on the negative because that's what's what's happening. But it's a great event. I recommend going for sure.
1: Yeah, so a bit of constructive criticism rather than. Yeah, absolutely. It's not. mm -hmm. But yeah, so that's the event. That's the first couple of days. Uh, I'm assuming it was a quiet night before we went out. The top eight.
2: Yeah, it was really sad, because I had planned on going out, I bought uh tickets, the club and everything, and you know, my backup plan was, alright, don't make Top 8, Get, go out and go hard. Um, so all my friends, all my roommates, whatever, who didn't make Top 8, they all went out and they went hard, and I like, showed up back to my room after eating dinner, it was like 9.30, and all my friends were like, dressed up in club clothes, pre-gaming, music's pumping, and I'm just like, I'm gonna go to bed now, see you later.
1: <laughs> oh, that's so not you.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's so like, it like a lot of willpower not to come, but I was like, I, pr- I probably would have come if it was just I was playing for LVO, but in my head, I was like I was playing for $4,000 for first, so it's like, that's a stupid reason it was $4,000.
1: Yeah, just on that point, it's like there's a lot of feedback, which I'll probably touch on in a sec anyway, but mm-hmm. how, do you find having a cash prize a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah,
2: absolutely. So like, it's obviously going to have the ramifications of hit where people get more competitive than they may have otherwise. But you know what? We're trying to have 40k grow. We're trying to have the hobby grow, the community grow, and we're trying to have the game taken more seriously across the board. And treating it as if it's more serious and not so much of a of a child's game that you know whatever. Uh, that, that's that's going to require us to make those kinds of decisions. Where it's like we're going to play for real money. We're going to play for real stakes. And we're going to play like real people instead of this nonsense where it's just like there's no stakes it doesn't matter so let's just have fun with it and that's a cool way to play but not so much in competition and not when we're trying to get the game to be taken
0: more seriously
1: do you think the game's clean enough to be able to do that though like you say there's too many unclear things in the rules you need for me to do that you'd have to have like a watertight rule set where you don't need five different judges saying five different things you should it right. yeah
2: i mean I get what you're saying, but imagine like American football or like European football or whatever sport you want to choose. Like every one of those competitively on the highest level has so many judges and instant replays and like they're very contentious too. It's the same idea. Like no matter how tight the rule set you're going to have, um, you're going to need judges and they're going to have to, you know, they're going to have to do judge things. You're not going to have chess. Even chess has judges like that. I don't even know what you could screw up in chess, but, um, people find a way, um, yeah, I, I just like I would love that the reels were more were more clear, and I would love if all that was less of an issue. But I think we're just gonna have to live with the fact that it is an issue and just move forward anyway.
1: Yeah, because I know, like you're saying, it's probably worth touching on before we get into your games. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were some issues with things like that with certain players, which kind of kicked off the internet by storm. Right. But do you not, do you not think it kind of brings out the worst in players having a big cash prize like that? Cause
2: you get uh definitely can i mean like that's uh that sucks no one wants to deal with any of that but i mean even if you look at games like magic the gathering or or whatever like not that i'm trying to turn the warhammer community into the magic community because that'd be terrible no one wants to smell that but um yeah (laughs) um you know that there's nothing wrong with enforcing the rules and we shouldn't villainize that person for enforcing the rules like if you're a dick about it rubbing it in being a twat like sure but like if if you're just holding someone accountable for their misactions or actions you know there's nothing wrong with that
1: cool so that puts one side uh how did your first game go
2: so my game was against jeff pool a west coaster I think the only one... No, there's two West Coasters in made Top 8. Um, uh, he was also playing Eldar. I played three Eldars in the Top 8. Um, his list was very different to mine. He had three Crimson Hunters, three Wave Serpents, uh, the Classic Ranger Package, Illic Nightspear. That was new. Uh, An Autark with a, with a Reaper Launcher, and he was the Warlord for the Snipey Warlord trait. Yep. So that's kind of like a little tag team there. I guess those two together can pop a character off pretty easily every turn. Um, and then some Storm Guardians and weird stuff like that. It was interesting. Um, so, he won the roll for first. He had the plus one. Um, so, you know, that happens. And he flew his Crimson Hunters across the board and nuked the Wave Serpent, like, effortlessly. Like, like it took, like, one and a half Crimson Hunters to wreck the Wave Serpent. That was new. Usually it's, like, entire armies shoot a Wave Serpent and it lives. Um... So, you know, that was okay, but I had this nice Ruin in my deployment zone, so I was able to get all my Reapers out and just be behind a Ruin and not really care and not get shot by the rest of his army. He uh, had some Reaper squads, too, but those didn't do anything. Um, the real issue with the match was, though, that I had Shining Spears, and he did not. He had no answer for them, and he just didn't have any of his own. So my turn one, after he did his little after-strike thing, I brought my Shining Spears in, I cleared out so many infantry, killed a wave serpent, and surrounded a reaper in close combat so I couldn't get shot at back in a turn, and I killed two planes. So I was in a pretty strong position to just clear out from there because you really couldn't hurt any of my reapers behind the nice ruin I had, and you couldn't hurt my shining spears we were locked in close combat. So the game kind of ended right there.
1: So you just threw your spears and just go, okay, yeah, you deal with these, you're gonna struggle. Oh, yeah
2: I mean with, with fortune and protect and, with not, and, he, and the fact that he can't shoot them they're, they're not going anywhere I even actually he only had one farseer and uh in a warlock conclave so I was able to kill that with my spears on turn one so he couldn't even smite my spears he literally just couldn't do anything to them. hit them with some straight threes um and then I used two command points to leave and act normally whatever that one's called and I just nukes the rest of his army the next turn nice
1: so that was reasonably simple <laughs> game then? Kind of, yeah, I mean, not to put the
2: mean? guy down, Top 8 did a great job, but uh, definitely my simplest game of Top 8. Cool. So uh, were, were
1: there any surprise lists in Top 8? Or were you kind of I was
2: them? very surprised by both that list because it was so unorthodox compared to what I'd normally seen from Eldar, and I was surprised by the fact that a pure Blood Angel list made Top 8.
1: Okay, that's interesting.
2: Yeah. I wish I actually read that list because I was kind of curious. Uh, from my understanding, it was just like a bunch of dev companies sang garden characters punching you in the face really fast. But didn't really see how it got to work. Um, so then, round two, I played Two uh, America member Brad Chester. I'm sure many of you guys have heard of him, met him, whatever. Um, he was one of the guys who went on me with this tester weekend we had. And, um, I, uh, well, our lists were like 30 points different. Um, we both played super tight games, like there were like almost no mistakes made on either part, which made the game, sorry, um, really hard to play. Um, but luckily, I had all the advantages going in pregame and in the first turn, so I won the roll for first, which was really big. Uh, I got the Rita play off on him in a pretty meaningful way. Because he would have had to redeploy first, so I got to choose how to redeploy and got the second one. Um, I was able to come in with my Guardian Blob turn one, blow up one of his Wave Serpents, and charge all the Reapers inside, so they were just not shooting me, because it'll surround them and stuff, so they couldn't even fall back and act normally. Um, and I spread out and covered so much of the board. I had like probably 75% board control after turn one, so there was very few places you could respond with a Deep Strike on me. And then to couple that up, on his turn one, he got his Big Reaper squad out and shot my Big Reaper squad in cover. And, like, between Soul Burst and Shooting and Guide, he killed, like, four or five Reapers out of my, like, 17 Reapers. So I was crushing him in the Reaper War because, like, three of his squads weren't firing, and then his Big Squad only killed five after two rounds. Um, and then on my turn two, I was able to bring my Shining Spear squad in uh, I had to quicken them and sober them. I used the same hand strap twice on them, so they moved 44 inches that turn. But I was able to get behind his lines into a pile of characters, and I killed his cat lady, his farseer, all his spirit seers, all his warlocks, all that. And then from there, it's like, yeah, he has a spears to react to my spears, and that sucks because that's what happens when you go second. But he has no psychic support, so it's not going to do that much. Um, he actually made a really good game of it. He almost. Like, um, he had a comeback play with his fears because he was just, you know, he was fighting. He was not giving up. And as he was going for his comeback play, sadly, Reese, the TO, the organizer, the guy who runs to LVO walks up to us and he literally is like, you guys are down to seconds. You know that, right? And we're like, no, we're like on turn four and Brad is about to try to make a Hail Mary. And then Reese is like, well, you guys have like a minute, so finish up. So Brad just shook his hand, shook my hand and that was that. and... You know, it would have been interesting. I don't think Brad was going to win, but it's definitely possible he was from that position. Uh, it would have come down to a lot of, like, how I make four pinballs versus Spears and things like that. Were the um, rounds two and a half hours, three hours? Two and a half hours, two and a half hours. So,
1: and then, considering at this point there's only two games going on, Yeah. were there not screens nearby or constant references, just so you guys could tell how much time you have?
2: So the, the top game, which everyone was streamed, was in a separate room with curtains, and they had a judge constantly shouting time at you and whatever, um, but the, the other non-top game, the one that was not screened off, was just you in the public, you might as well have been Table 400.
1: Because I'm trying to remember back, were there big clocks anywhere in the hall, or big screen with? No, time
2: No. They, they make the announcements, and they have a schedule, so you are aware of what time the round started and ended, but there's no, like, you guys have 15 minutes left, there's none of that.
1: Yeah, so it's easy to lose.
2: Exactly, especially like in a game on in top four when you're like very focused and the game is played so well on both sides, you're looking for any mistakes. You're, you're not paying attention to the time, you're just not. I mean, it's a fault on both of our players, me and Brad, but um, it would be nice to have the judges help us out there. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how that one ended. I felt like I robbed him, especially because he's one of my really good friends. I don't like to win like that, but, you know, I'll take what I can get, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess it's kind of one of those things where at that point you you can't say what's gonna happen, especially like you say when it's close and it could sw- could have swung the other way.
2: Yeah, like I was definitely in the driver's seat but it was still a very losable game.
1: Yeah, you don't wanna um, just be like, Oh shit, yeah, okay, that'll do. It's yeah. easy sometimes when you got you're in a situation like, Oh cool, I've got ten minutes. Uh, even with three turns I'm not really gonna do anything. Yeah. But that does suck.
2: It does suck. Um, so then I was in the finals versus Tony Grapando, who uh, is another Team America member, I should say, who was formerly another Team America member. Um, he um, this started a lot of controversy, and I'll go into it if you guys want. Otherwise, I won't. Um,
1: it's probably best to touch on just I'm thinking with you being there, sure, you'll probably sure. know what actually happened, rather than a lot of people yeah. seeing a lot of bits and pieces. And I know there's a clip of you in your last yeah. game, which has kind of gone semi-viral in our community. So it probably is yeah. worth just...
2: You got explaining. it. So, uh, to give some some uh, background, Tony played our captain for Team America, Sean Naden, in the top eight. Uh, that was the first round of that day. Uh, Tony and Sean agreed to use a death clock, um, you know, like a chess clock for the game. Um... And they were timing and stuff. I shouldn't say death clock. I should just say chess clock. And they were timing and stuff. And you know, Sean is intentionally not shooting stuff. He's like not shooting his warriors. Not running his warriors. Sometimes he didn't shoot his guardian bluff. It wasn't gonna do anything. Um, he's skipping steps to his own detriment to save minutes on the clock. And Tony is just running through time like it's a free commodity. And he's, I walked over after my game with Jeff Poole finished because my game finished really quickly. And I saw that Sean had, like, almost 40 minutes left on his clock, and Tony had four. So, you know, if you play by death clock rules or certain chess clock rules, he either loses when the time runs out or he just can't make any more actions. Yeah. And then if Sean is given free reign on the board to Tony not moving models, he's probably going to win from there. Um, so this part I actually walked away from, so I could have my facts wrong, so I, I went to go get lunch. But from my understanding... Um, Tony's time eventually did run out, and, you know, Tony continues to play, and Sean's like, well, you can't do anything, your time's out. And Tony's like, oh, we never agreed to that. And Sean's like, we have chess clocks. And Tony was like, even though I, that was just so we can keep time, like, so we can keep track of how long we're taking and whatever, it wasn't actually supposed to enforce anything. So they got a judge involved, and the judge was like, um, LVO does not, use chess clocks, so if you guys agree to chess clocks, that's on you, and as a judge, I can't enforce any chess clock rules you may have self-instituted upon your game. Which is probably the best and only response a judge could give to that situation. Yeah, I completely agree with that, because yeah. if, th- yeah, no if you can there. side with someone, then you're just wrong, as a judge. because You can only enforce the rules you can enforce.
1: Unless you were there at the start when the agreement right. was made, and right. you know, mm-hmm. what, what was said.
2: So... Eventually Sean was just like, okay, you can play because he doesn't like winning like that either. Tony was a teammate. That'd be a, not a scummy way for Sean to win, but you know, it's more fair if he played the game. Yeah. So Tony played, then he, he beat Sean in the end of that. Um, so then round two of the day goes by and Tony's playing Alex Fennel. He had another Team America player. There were five of us in the top eight, I want to say. Um, and in the beginning, I like, there's a video of this. Online somewhere, so like you can confirm this. But Alex was talking to Tony, and he was like, "Yeah, we're just gonna play an intent-based game. You know, if if you, I know you can be there, you know you can be there. You don't have to measure properly for screens and stuff. You know, like you have to measure, make sure there's no nine-inch hole anywhere I can put a model. You know, if you just say there isn't and they're close enough, that's fine. That kind of stuff. Because Alex had a lot of deep striking solo Blood Angel captains, and measuring out every nine-inch potential could be a pain." So, to, you know, to save time and make the flow of the game just easier, it's a fair agreement.
1: Yeah, if you know that your opponent can do it, are you just say, well, yeah. oh, make sure they're in roughly the right position? You might exactly. be quite an inch right. out here or there, but it's going to save so much time. Right. That's what I now, do all I,
2: the time. Right. Now, I will say there is no, on the video, I went back and watched it myself. Tony, you know, he said okay for that. He was, Alex went on his whole intense speech like that, and then Tony just said okay. But there's no, like, it didn't, In Tony's defense, for whatever that's worth, I'm just saying, it's not like Tony was like, yeah, okay, we'll play by intent. He didn't go, he didn't say that sentence. He he just acknowledged that Alex said something. So later on, they're playing, and Alex Deep Strike, a Blood Angel captain, and, you know, he puts him someplace, that's fine, no one questions anything, and then he goes to go move some Space Wolf guy, and Tony's like, well, you ended your movement piece. And Alex is like, what? And Tony's like, yeah, you deep-strike your character, so you indicate the end of your lumen phase so you can't move anything else. And Alex handled it like a really good sport, like a gentleman, as he should have, as he did. And, uh, you know, played whatever he could from there, but after not taking lumen phase, it's kind of hard to win. Um, so then Tony beat him like that. And, you know, it is a dick way to win. It's, It's absolutely scummy, I would say, given the intent talk we had just covered. Um... I can rest assured that I would never do that in that situation to someone after the intent talk and whatever. But um, Tony did it, and he was legally correct, like technically. I don't condone that behavior, but it is what it is. So then Tony went on to win that game. Someone went on to me and Tony in the finals. And to clarify, we did not have any such intent talk we did not agree to anything really we were just like playing 40k yep. so we're, we're playing and um is
1: it just worth noting at this point like you said at the start yeah. you were playing for the ITC for $4,000 yeah um,
2: me, me versus Tony was the ITC championships yeah
1: so it was it was a lot more than just the LVO at stake right right if it was somebody else there would they have still been competing for the championship or was it only a few people um, who were pushing for it really
2: there were there were people who were pushing for it, but because Tony and I Tony and I were first second in the circuit going into LBL, and because Tony and I had gone so far in the tournament, it doesn't matter what anyone else had done. Yeah. Um. Let's say Tony and I had got knocked out in Swiss before top eight, then it absolutely could have been someone else competing for the championship. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah. Um. So. Um. Tony and I were playing in the finals. It's almost a perfect mirror again. I won the role for first. Luckily, uh, I did a pretty similar move to what I did with Chester. Uh, he, he didn't let me; he didn't give me a serpent this time um, because of the Ranger roll. Didn't work out in my favor as well this time, but that's fine. Um, I was able to take most of the board, screen my army really well, just as I had against Chester. And to finish the last bit of screen that I needed, I needed to make a six-inch charge with my guardians. Um, that would have let me pile in sideways and really block off pretty much wherever his spears could deep strike. Um, but I failed a six-inch charge even with a command point, which kind of put me in a, in a bad spot because the spears can now do what I had done to Chester in the previous game, which is launch themselves 44 inches across the table and charge all my characters. So, Tony's turn two, clears all my crappy rangers and whatever, plays my guardians who had failed to charge. I was also planning on surrounding a guy in combat with my guardians that couldn't get shot up to pieces, but be able to charge. Um, so he brings his spears in. Um, he actually screws that up a little. I got to intercept him with my big Reaper squad, so I went for that. Um, but out of seven saves, he only failed two. Uh, so I didn't do nearly enough damage to really cripple the unit, sadly. But that could have been game right there. Now that I killed like, like five. Um, so his spear unit, you know, it boosts 22, and, you know, I help him measure because I know what he's trying to do, he knows what he's trying to do, we're all very aware of what's happening here. Uh, And then he moves his models, and I make sure he moves them properly, so um, in case he fails soldiers or he fails Quicken or whatever he's trying to do, we know where they're going to be. He does his moves, and he moves them again because he triggers a soldier somewhere, he puts them all up in my characters' faces and whatever. Um, He shoots his army, kills my rangers, then you go see Assault Phase, and I let him know he can't charge because he didn't pay the command points or declare that he's using the strat for the same hand run and charge thing. Okay. So he, he advanced twice, and neither time declared it, and neither time used the strat. So, I mean, yes, we both knew what he was doing, and I totally could have let him go back and do it. But I specifically said, because you got Alex on a very similar thing, I'm not going to let you do this. And also, I even asked Tony, I was like, you would do it to me too if you were in my spot. And he was like, yeah, I would. So I don't even feel bad about that. Uh, I, I want it on the record, on every record possible. But I would never, ever do that in any normal circumstance to uh, even a, an acquaintance who I don't know. But I feel like that was uh, an abnormal circumstance given how he handled his last couple of games with Sean and
1: Alex. Do you, just touching on that there. Do you think the if the cash wasn't there, you'd it'd be different, or is it more, I th- or-
2: I think I would have handled it the way I handled it regardless of the cash, I think Tony would have also handled it regardless of the cash, so I cannot speak for Tony's motives with any real accuracy, but knowing Tony, from having played him at other tournaments and stuff in the past, he's generally a hard player, he, he plays very tight, he plays a tight game, he expects much from his opponent, so uh, I remember at Adepticon we played in the Adepticon Finals last year also, um, I Cast like Psychic streak. this was seven position, on his Wraith Knight, and I rolled something absurd, I rolled like a 17, and I left the Wraith Knight alive with one wound, and then later on, like, a a full turn later, like, he was in his moon phase, like, after my shooting, after my assault, in his moon phase, I had realized that I had summoned a Bell Herald prior to that in the game, Um, so he was minus one more leadership, so I really had rolled an 18 effectively. Um, so I explained the situation, I was like, just roll one more film of pain and see if you're still alive. And then he rolled and he failed, so the Wraith Knight is now dead. Um, but he held me to that. Which is understandable, it's a turn later, but it's also like, you know, this isn't a choice, this isn't a tactical decision. If I, for some reason, didn't want to kill the Wraith Knight, now I had. It works both ways. Um, this is just the way it works. But he still was like, you know what, you messed up, you have to remember your rules, that's not on me, so... Sorry. Um, and that was without the $4,000. That was just the Adepticon title. So essentially the same kind of title as LBO would be without the 4000 So I think that's that's honestly just his personality. And I don't hold it against him. You know, he comes from athletics, and he's, he's very fit. He works out a lot. He's also a professional-ish poker player. I don't know how professional he is, but he's converted in the World Series of Poker. Um, and obviously that's the, the stuff we let fly in 40K would never fly in poker so to to just give some insight on his character like this might be what might be taboo and dick moves for us is probably totally kosher for him yeah, so it's all just like background
1: he's coming into it with a different mindset exactly. than a 40k player he's... exactly
2: I, think, I just think he's getting a lot of extra heat from the internet that he probably doesn't deserve to be honest
1: No, it's fair, to like I said before to for someone who was there and knows the guy it's nice to see your perspective as well because everyone's seen what they've seen and can only make opinions on that and it doesn't look good from an outside perspective I'll put those up there and it looks really bad and it raised a lot of questions in a lot of groups but so like you say, no one's saying what you did was right but
2: Yeah, I'm not justifying what you did I'm just giving a different perspective on how and why it could have happened that way
1: Yeah, which is That's completely fair to see, and we don't want everyone to go out and hunt the guy down and throw eggs at him, but Mm -hmm. what he did was what he did, that's happened, everyone's got their opinion on it, as shitty as it was for me, and everybody's watching.
2: And you know, a a lot of people think there's a lot of, you know, a lot of heat between Tony and I now, and because of the way this all went down, but honestly, no, Tony and I we're friends, if I had to say it, like, still, even after all this, because, you know, we understand this isn't personal. This wasn't like a, like a, like, screw you, Nick, screw you, Tony kind of situation. This was like, we're just playing the game, and if he's going to play it like a hard-ass, I'll play it like a hard-ass kind of situation.
1: Yeah, so that's completely fair. So that was, do you think that was game winning?
2: Yeah, so I definitely think that, me stopping him from charging won me the game right there on the spot. Because now his, his whole turn his whole plan crumbled at a point of no return. Um, and then but I don't think that I had necessarily lost had he made the charge, had I let him make the charge, had he done this stuff properly. That was still a very winnable game, although albeit from a down position. Because I don't think he had already used sobers to move, so he's not getting two activations and stuff. So depending on how he chooses to allocate those attacks, he could either kill, like, one Farseer, two Farseers, like, one Farseer, one Spiritseer, really bad, or he could split his attacks further and kill, put, like, two wounds on this guy, two wounds on this guy, two wounds on this guy, two wounds on this guy. And if he does the latter of those two, I'm very fine. And if he does the former, I'm kind of fine, because he's only killed two Farseers, like, Farseer, Spiritseer, and I still have Cat Lady, I still have my Quicken guy, who was in another position, so that's still a comebackable position. Um, and if he splits, so, his, if he whiffs a little more, and like I just don't really, he doesn't really kill anything. I've seen that happen with Spears too. The Spears were 4 is not very bad. Too few dice to get by the 4 pinball reliably, so the 4 pinball could just spike and pass, or spike and fail. Very volatile situation. So I, I think it's very possible, had he made the charge, I could have still been fine.
1: So, so, in the end, you won that one?
2: Yeah, sorry. I, uh, yeah, after that, I, I brought my spears in, cleaned up his spears, and then just from there did what he had tried to do successfully and killed them.
1: Cool. So, that was... So,
2: that yeah. was the finals. Quite a quick game? Um, we called it on turn four. Uh, we had about 45 minutes left or 30 minutes left or so. Um... It wasn't quick because our first turn took a while because there was a lot of moving and calculating and measuring going on, but the game itself was essentially done by turn two.
1: Cool. So that was LVO Champion. Was it good prize support for the LVO as well as the cash prize for the ITC?
2: And the cash prize for ITC is obviously amazing because $4,000. is great. Um, the the prize support for LVO it was alright. It, was, it wasn't crazy. I won uh an awesome table top, table work case I don't know how much it's worth i guess about 200 250 maybe uh, i won the new grade and clean one box i want a Steele steel insertion force whatever the hell that is um and i want some other stuff too uh, you know less significant but i'll take it um with
1: gw being there was it lvo uh so frontline gaming sponsored prizes or was anything from gw as well
2: I believe it was just Frontline Gaming, but I could be mistaken about that. Okay. Um Yeah, I also had won, besides winning LVO and winning ITC, I won two other awards. I won Best Eldar Player, because obviously i was the Best Eldar Player at the tournament. Yeah. Um And then I also, this was a total surprise to me, I won Best Demon Player for the ITC, which okay. is insane because I haven't played Demons in six months.
1: So the hangover from 7th ed was that?
2: Yeah, yeah, like just killing it so hard in the seventh was enough for me to hold, hold. on to it.
1: Nah, so congrats on those. I didn't realise that bit.
2: Yeah, thanks. I think I'm most proud of that demon one. Because there are people who are trying for the demon one, playing them all season and you know, I'm just ignoring demons and still winning demons. It's like
1: oh oh demons, yep. They're mine. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep, don't don't think I forgot about them.
1: <laughs> so overall, very, very successful tournament year at 30 C yeah. and LVO any plans for next few events are you still taking Eldar?
2: Uh, I really don't want to um, for ETC uh, so we made another bet us in Team America and it was whoever places the highest with Eldar or, no sorry Sean gets Eldar because he's the captain yep. but if someone else won the event with Eldar then they can have Eldar if they want <laughs> so now I have first dibs at Eldar for ETC but I gave it back to my team because it's like, I don't need the crutch. Oh. Um, so I think it'll be back to demons with me. Um, I really would have liked to play demons at LVO, but I wanted to not switch armies two weeks before the event with zero playtest games, so I stuck to my guns and played Elbar. I decided it was a pretty good decision. Um,
1: yeah. Any ideas with demons yet, then, or are you just kind of... Uh,
2: the obvious nirgle tree things, uh, I mean, that's obvious, but that is definitely an option. Um, I really want to see what Thousand Suns has to offer. I've been kind of ignoring their, their rumours because I've been in Vegas for six days and had to catch up on real life when I got back. But this weekend, I'll probably take a nice look at Thousand Suns. They come out this weekend, right?
1: Yeah, I think it's this weekend.
2: Yeah, so I'll take a good look at Thousand Suns this weekend and see what I can crack open. I would love to play Thousand Suns if they're cool because they're the next best thing if I can't play Weaver. Uh, uh, Fate Weaver.
1: Fate <laughs> Weaver. that old crutch who's now gone. <laughs> Oh, I'm so sad. But yeah, so that'd be great. It'd uh, be interested to see what you come up with, and I'm sure we'll chat again about that in the future.
2: But yeah, for sure.
1: Thanks very much for coming on and covering LVO for us. Yeah, no problem, Matt. Thanks for having me.